Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I should say welcome back, but this is really an all-new show, a reboot. We're smarter, faster, and more handsome than ever. Which explains what I'm doing here. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me until death do us part is our resident ex-jarhead, Phil Padilla. Thanks, Cam, but uh, uh, you're welcome for my service, by the way. You, you know, you said you were going to work that in somewhere, and you didn't, um, so... He, you promised me you'd be more professional this time. Get your crap together, dude. Oh, I'm not professional. You want me to be professional? All right, how's this for professional? Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again Reloaded. I'm your host, Phil Padilla. Also, please welcome my co-host, the Bearded Woman. <sighs> Let's try that again, but this time with less hoorah. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Make Liberty Great Again Reloaded. I'm Cam Harless, and with me today is my co-host, Phil Padilla. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be here, and uh, let's make liberty great again. All right. The first thing I want to talk about is the veritable circus of Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, According to this recent article from the Chicago Tribune, uh, here's who'll be fighting to become our murderer-in-chief. Bernie Sanders, Amy Klubakar. Is that how you say that? Uh, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, former San Antonio Mayor Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, former West Virginia State Senator Richard Ojeda, former represent- Representative uh, John Delaney, not to be confused with the comedian, John Delaney, right. uh, author Marianne Williamson, whoever the hell that is. And uh, former tech executive Andrew Yang. Yang, if you're unfamiliar, is a supporter of the universal basic income. I'm pretty sure he talked about that on Joe Rogan when he was on his show. And I passed on that episode. (laughs) But I personally look forward to them all fighting each other and uh, eventually shifting their support to Hillary Clinton and then buying new homes. (laughs) I was cheering for Gabbard at first um, just because she's the least appalling on foreign policy. And uh, she's super hot. I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh, I recently saw a tweet from her that New Yorkers dodged a bullet with the Amazon, uh, you know, scrapping their New York headquarters plan. And then, you know, in a separate statement, she said that Amazon has been profiting off of taxpayers for long enough. I don't even know what that means. She probably doesn't even know what that means. I mean, I'm glad to see uh, our good old comrade Bernie Sanders back out there. Honestly, I'm sick and tired of having too many options for deodorant, and I want this... I want this addressed with federal laws. <laughs> yeah, the 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 hero the USSA didn't know they needed, but that we deserved. What about you, Cam? Which candidate makes you want to throw up the least? All right. For, well, for me, the only possible thing that we could see on the Democrat side, the only good thing we could see, um, would be someone who's solid on foreign policy, um, which is few and far between. But, uh, you know, as for not throwing up, uh, Tulsi Gabbard... Um, she has a good foreign policy background, but and she also doesn't look like a like an English bulldog, so that's a plus. Um, I like that. Fortunately, she, yeah, that's it's definitely uh, definitely better better than 
Bernie Sanders, who I'm pretty sure uses a balloon to comb his hair. Um, unfortunately, she wants to manage everyone's health care. Like, I got that on Instagram. I got an ad for Tulsi, and I'm like, I, co- I commented like an idiot. Like, she's going to see it and change her tact. Like, oh, hey, yeah, let, let me get rid of the universal health care and just talk about war. I mean, I know that's the most important thing to me and most mm-hmm. libertarians, but um, not to everyone. And I'll be honest, I have less than zero interest in someone deciding what happens with my health care. Right. But uh, honestly, I'm, I think I'm most surprised that Biden hasn't thrown his pe- pleated khakis into the ring yet. I mean, how many more do you think are actually going to pop up? All of them, hopefully. With their powers combined, maybe they can morph into a mega candidate capable of defeating Trump. That would be nice. That's personally, you know, I'd like to see that. And uh, I think in all honesty, I'm just going to end up rooting for Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Reason being is I think the potential for Twitter fights, jokes, and memes is just, (laughs) it's just too great to pass up. I mean, can you imagine seeing Trump tweets that Elizabeth Warren is one 1,024th as qualified as he is? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of things I'm excited about with this race, and none of them are having a new president or an existing president. Um, And honestly, I'm sure there are a lot of lefties out there who are just chomping at the bit for their favorite comedy. Comedy. (laughs) That's better than a commie. Their favorite commie to join the fray. Right. Um, but honestly, the most the most exciting part of this election is going to be seeing this the sitting president of the United States tweeting insults and trolling the Democratic candidates from his golden toilet while they're having debates with each other. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I just I definitely look forward to that. That's definitely going to be unprecedented. Uh, do you think any of the Democrats will be able to reply well or come back to him at all in any way, shape, or form? Because I don't think so, and it's scientifically proven, as we know, that the left can't meme, so... Oh, I mean, that's, that's definitely right. Um, I think the only person who might be able to kind of let it roll off of his back and maybe throw out a joke or divert the conversation would be Joe Biden. I mean, he's he's such an idiot, and he's so full of gaffes already. I feel like he's the type that Trump yeah. says something that's absolutely devastating, and he just kind of smiles half because he doesn't understand what's going on. But I think yeah. when it comes to these people and their ability to um, respond or come back at Trump, the person who has the least chance of doing well is definitely Pocahontas. Yeah, I agree with you about Biden because he's had to roll off all the creepy Uncle Joe jokes for the past, you know, decade or so. So he's got that experience under his belt. But good old Pocahontas, she's going to be smoke signaling for help within five minutes. And it's going to be a, it'll be a campaign trail of tears, as they say. <laughs> hey, that's a hate crime. That's that. What you said is a hate crime. Oh, but uh, speaking of hate crimes, I, 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 I want to talk about, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Smollett. Did you hear about this Jesse Smollett? thing is that that uh that gay guy from that show empire so nice when you do research hey man i don't just eat crowns for the taste it's brain food (laughs) we'll definitely get into how this is a load of hogwash but i have one question about this whole situation what's the question like do who even knows who this guy is no no it's, it's not that basic it's it's actually more basic it's what the hell kind of parent names their kid jussie you know i think you have a great question there cam I was actually wondering the same thing uh, when you first brought it up. It's kind of, to me, it sounds like his parents got really drunk and they tried to say Jesse and then just went with whatever the hell came out of their mouth. Like, just can you just imagine it? Like, 
Jossie. Uh, hey, Jossie, what's going on, Jossie? <laughs> You're not supposed to give the, the mother morphine. <laughs> Cut it out. Her lips can't move. <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, this dude, the gay dude from Empire, because that's literally the only way he's been described to me, I think right. he might be making music. I think that that may be some part of this. And he's black. But I mean, the I, gay black man. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, for, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, at this point, the dude has been arrested and charged with felony disorderly conduct for allegedly filing a false police report that could land him in prison for three years and also pay reparations to the Chicago Police Department. Although, honestly, I want the triggering of him having to pay back to pay Trump for this reparations for uh, that mega country. Or MAGA. How do people say that? MAGA? I've heard it said every way. But uh, I think it'd be hilarious if they they made him donate to the Trump campaign because he said that. That'd be hilarious. I'd personally like to see that as well. You know, I just, I can't wrap my head around the mindset it takes for a person to stage your own hate crime. Like, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even get what you're thinking. Like, how do you expect that to go? But, you know, while we're on the topic, I want us to play a little game called Real or Hoax. Now, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to read off a few hate crimes, and in case you didn't pick up on the name, you're going to say whether it's real or a hoax. Oh, well, that sounds like a, a mediocre amount of fun. I'm in. All right. Perfect. Thank you for your participation. <laughs> so, Cam, real or hoax, in 2016, a Muslim woman at the University of Michigan was threatened by a drunk man with being lit on fire if she did not remove her hijab. Oh, that, that definitely sounds real. You know, I thought the same thing, but womp womp. Turns out it's a hoax. Ugh. But it sounded so totally not at all completely made up. You know, I thought we were going to finally get him back for 9-11. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know, I know. I thought this was exactly what the country was supposed to become when Derp was elected. Derp. But, anywho, aside... <laughs> you like that? I mean, they gotta... They never actually just say Trump. It's just they always gotta make... They always gotta make fun of his name somehow, so... I'm just going along with it. I love the people that don't make fun of his name, but just call him 45. Like, that's some kind of an insult. Oh, yeah. Or they'll just... Or if they do say Trump, it's not President Trump. It's just this passive-aggressive, like, trolling they think they're doing. <laughs> But, but anywho, aside from the actual, like, fictitious report, what's most absurd to me about that, you know, report is that the university, of course, immediately hopped on the condemnation train before an investigation was even done or completed. They just got right out there and said they condemned this action. <laughs> well, I mean, guilty until proven is innocent is what the country was built on. Correct. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Moving on. So, Cam, <laughs> real or hoax? Following the 2016 election, a woman at North Park University alleged she was sent hateful notes and emails because she was openly bisexual. <sighs> to take it, I mean, it hurts my heart to hear that. And my, my heart says real, um, but my brain says hoax. So, uh, hoax, final answer. Bingo. Turns out the woman was sending herself the notes and emails. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And the best part of this story is, when she was interviewed by NBC News, she said, I just want it to stop. So, okay, why don't you just not email and send yourself <laughs> nasty notes anymore, you, you crazy? Like, <laughs> problem solved. What kind of notes was she, was she sending herself? I found an example of one, a note. She taped a note to her door that said, back to hell and hashtag Trump. Well, now I'm kind of sorry I asked. Back to hell. That's That sounds like she's... That doesn't sound like someone's telling her to go back to hell. That's sounding like she's letting people know she's not in her apartment for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> back to hell. Be back in ten minutes. <laughs> Alright. Last one, Cam. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I was born ready. Okay. Real or hoax, in November 2016, a church was vandalized with spray paint. Now, these spray paintings included a swastika, anti-gay slurs, and, of course, hail Trump. Well, let's be real at this point. Um, they're all hoaxes? I mean, can they get more obvious? Right, you are, Cam. There's a little theme here. You figured me out. They're all hoaxes. Congratulations. So, it turns out, the organ player for the church, or organist, as they're called, was arrested in May 2017 after he was found responsible for spray painting the previously mentioned swastika, slurs, and the most ridiculous of all, hail Trump. But uh, that... Oh, uh, question though. Quick question. Um, how big is his organ? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> big, big enough to fake a, a hate crime. Yeah, whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, none of this at all, you know, raised an eyebrow or anything. So, of course, the Washington Post said, and I quote, The offensive graffiti at St. David's is among numerous incidences that have occurred in the wake of Trump's Election Day win. Yeah. Numerous incidents of making crap up. So, Cam and I are going to link to an article in the show notes to, for today's episode that uh, that compiled a list of fake hate crimes, a.k.a. lies, um, including what we mentioned here today during the turnip presidency. Instead of calling them hoaxes, we're going to call them lies. I don't know about you, Phil, but when I think of hoaxes, I think about teenagers using boards and rope put crop circles in the fields of unsuspecting farm farmers not hateful people who are trying their damnedest to get people to think differently than they do seen as monsters at best and i agree or attacked at worst i agree with you cam you I mean, know these contrived events are deliberate agenda-driven lies not only that but they're incredibly stupid like honestly how do these doy doys really <laughs> think that they're going to be able to get away with it oh you know it's just the things progressives will do to push their agenda, I guess. Just status things. I'll be honest. You know what it reminds me of? What's uh, that? Not, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure of the timeline of this, but not, not super long ago, there was a guy who was a Bigfoot truther. Oh, that's fun. And so he, he really wanted, he wanted to keep that search going. He wanted to find that, that Sasquatch. I don't know if he wanted to bring him down or bring him in for a latte, um, but so what he did is he, he thought to himself, you know what? People are going to stop thinking about Bigfoot. People are going to stop looking for him. We're losing this battle. And so he took some deer guts and he planted them 
and tried to pass them off as Sasquatch parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was really shooting for someone walking up on these guts and going, Yep, that's a Bigfoot. But instead they went, Hey, look, deer guts. People are so stupid. It's that damn Sasquatch. <laughs> Speaking of stupid, what uh, what's up with this Green New Deal? Oh, you mean from our feminine messiah, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? That's the one. <laughs> now, if any, if any listener out there is unfamiliar, I'm going to go ahead and summarize the Green New Deal a little bit. So, the Green New Deal summons the magical powers of the federal government to reduce the use of fossil fuels in the United States and get rid of planet-warming greenhouse gas emissions. The Green New Deal also claims to guarantee new, high-paying jobs in the clean energy industry. Oh, well, that does sound magical. How are they going to do that? Well, as it turns out, NPR got their hands on some frequently asked questions, and I'm going to go over a few here that really stood out. And, uh, of course, we're going to link to the full document with frequently asked questions to today's show notes. Of course. So here's the big question, what I feel is going to come to most people's minds when they read about this or hear about it or just talk about it amongst themselves. How will this be paid for? Um, extortion? Basically, if only, I guess. But the link to the article is going to give a full quote, and I'm just going to summarize and paraphrase here. But essentially, we're going to print as much money as needed to see this to fruition. But don't worry about all that. Just keep your focus on how we're going to somehow prosper from this grand initiative. Um, with shrewd bucks? And I believe we're also going to be using Stanley Nichols. Don't want to forget about those. <laughs> but um, there was another question that stood out. That it says, you know, is this even an environmental plan? Oh, well, yeah, from the, the bits and pieces that I've heard from the Green New Deal, I would say it's just a portion of it. I mean, she why does she have stuff like universal health care and other social safety net measures in there if it's an environmental plan? The answer is so absurd and ridiculous that I'm just going to recite it verbatim, okay? So, the Green New Deal is a plan to make a full-scale transition of our economy that puts jobs and justice, I'm going to say that again, justice first. That doesn't sound like an environmental plan. That sounds like a special needs economics plan. You'd think that an environmental plan might put the, I don't know, the environment first? I'd, I'm at a loss for words. It's so colossally stupid, I don't even have you know, the words to <laughs> summon a proper response. But no, no kidding. I'll do my damnedest. <laughs> but what I have my own question is, what does justice have to do with clean energy? I'm not getting, I'm not getting the correlation here. What does one have to do with the other? But, you know, we'll, we'll address that at another time. The, the document goes on to say, and I quote, this plan will require a strong social safety net so that every U.S. person can make this transition comfortably and nobody falls through the cracks in the process. Okay, wonderful. But what does that mean? There's literally no details of how they plan to accomplish this or what a comfortable transition entails. You know, if you could give us some more information, you know, that would be great. But nope, we're just going to have to take it at you know page page face value well if they gave us more information everyone re would realize how stupid it is touche <laughs> touche but uh here's here's the best part 
So it further states, if we want to mobilize our economy fully, we can't afford to have employees stuck in their current jobs because they're afraid to lose things like health care or workers are unable to participate because they can't afford the education and training programs. Wait, 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 hmm. wait, 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 wait. Is she saying that it's unacceptable for people to have jobs that provide them health insurance because they wouldn't be able to get a job knitting pussy hats? I think you're on the right track there, partner. You know, to add on to what you're saying, what does she mean by stuck? Like, if these hypothetical people enjoy their jobs and benefits, is that considered stuck? Or is the implication here that people who are unhappy in their positions need to be covered by some sort of social safety net until they find some cushy gig that's you know with better benefits or they don't have to pay for or is higher paying i'm not really sure here but you know i know i haven't but have you ever been hired into a position where you had to pay out of pocket for the company's training or anything like that that'd be a hard no i didn't think so so at this point I don't even know what they're talking about, but the last bit that I wanted to go over um, is it states, we also need to be sure that workers currently employed in fossil fuel industries have higher wage and better jobs available to them to be able to make this transition, and a federal jobs guarantee ensures that no worker is left behind. <laughs> That's a... Uh... That's some fantastic wording because, you know, first they wanted to leave no child behind and now they want to leave no workers behind. How do you figure that'll work out for them? You know, the, a real Green New Deal has never been tried before, so we just need to try harder. <laughs> but, you know, to me, call me a skeptic, call me a cynic, call me a hater, whatever you want. But this, this to me is just purely some sort of socialist utopian rhetoric. You know, how can they implement a policy that guarantees the fossil fuel industry workers a higher paying job in a field they don't have experience in? That just seems cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they could learn to code. Oh, oh, <laughs> hate speech, hate speech confirmed. <laughs> beep boop. Um, <laughs> beep boop. Execute code.exe. <laughs> but they're just, they're just so disconnected from reality. I just, I really take issue with the statement that the federal government will ensure no worker is left behind. Are we to take that literally? If so, for example, let's say that there's roughly 500,000 workers in the fossil fuel industry. Does that mean that 500,000 jobs in clean industry are guaranteed? So there's a one-to-one -one ratio going on here of anybody that leaves fossil fuel to clean energy is going to have a comparable, or in what they're saying, higher paying job? You know, I, I can't imagine that being the case. I don't, I don't know how that would possibly work. Uh, but, oh, one thing, did you see where in an early draft, um, AOC distanced herself from the part where she made provisions for people who were quote unquote unable or unwilling to work. Do you know what they call that? Oh, isn't that nice? Um, I'm going to take a guess that that's uh, communism. Yep, that's communism. And as we know, that's never, ever, ever, ever failed since it's never really been tried before. But, you know, I digress. Lastly, I just, and I think most importantly, the question brought some interesting answers. The question is, why does the Green New Deal call for 
you know, net zero emissions in 10 years instead of zero emissions? Is this saying we won't transition off fossil fuels? Or does the Green New Deal ban all fossil fuels? You know, I, I wonder where these leftists think all of the plastic on 90% of what they own comes from, or where the electricity they use to charge their car's batteries comes from. Or the fuel that they use for their private jets. <laughs> that too. The section of that I want to point our focus to right now just essentially states it wants to mobilize our society to get on board with these massive changes. Now, I guess that doesn't seem so crazy, you know, thinking about it that way, but let's dissect this section of the official response. Here's the response verbatim. The Green New Deal sets a goal to get to net zero rather than zero emissions at the end of this 10-year plan because we aren't sure that we will be able to fully get rid of, for example, emissions from cows or air travel before then. However, we do believe we can ramp up renewable manufacturing and power production, retrofit every building in America, build the smart grid, overhaul transportation and agriculture, restore our ecosystem, and that's going to get us to net zero emissions. So they aren't sure that they'll be able to fully get rid of cow farts? Are we looking at a cow holocaust, or are they going to force me to eat soy? <laughs> well, there's too many, too many farts to be controlled. Can't regulate them all. There's just uh, too many. Can't do it. It's not feasible. Just don't make me eat soy. But I'm not eating soy. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I'm not eating it. <laughs> soy can. I'll tell. I'll tell soy where it can go. Back to hell. And, but, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Back in some vegan's burger. Uh, I don't think you can call anything a vegan eats a burger. Well, you know, they have soy burgers, toifu burgers, black bean burgers. I think I said toifu. Tofu. <laughs> anyway. It is toy food. Because it's sure as hell not real food. It's definitely not. Uh, but, you know, speaking of emissions, how would they remove all emissions from air travel? You know, I, I can't imagine a scenario where either of those are stopped and replaced with something considered clean energy. You know, the last time I checked, Elon Musk isn't Tony Stark, <laughs> and he's not offering to give away free electric planes. You know, and what does retrofit every building in America mean? What are we retrofitting it with? You know, is there some sort of magical tech that isn't on the market yet that they're going to announce once this plan gets rolled out and approved? You know, this entire deal stinks and just makes me think it's more about government supremacy rather than the promised better world and amazing jobs for all. It sounds far more like a power move than it does a plan to actually change anything. This sort of pie-in-the-sky thinking will give us a, a new holodomor before it will give us a perfect utopia AOC thinks is somehow possible. Oh, <laughs> speaking of utopia, did you hear about Trump's new gay initiative? <laughs> I did. He wants to uh, get this... Make gay sex not punishable by death around the world. Right, right. Uh, that's a good thing. Let's go ahead and get that out in the open. <laughs> good thing. Let's, good thing. Don't kill the gays. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> for the for the last two years, and I know you've heard it because I've heard it, and I typically share the craziness when I come across it. I mean, we've heard people in the LGBT community, the leftists, uh, I mean, we got our good gays out there, but uh, <laughs> the, the leftist side of the LGBT community, they just constantly talking about their fears of Trump or Pence, stripping them of their rights and putting them on trains to labor camps. 
Right. Definitely heard the hysteria. No stranger to that game. But, you know, so they're happy to know that they they were wrong and, you know, have shifted their view of Trump and see him for what he is. The only U.S. president to ever come into office being pro-gay, right? Like, that's what's happening, right? <laughs> well, of course not. That, that couldn't happen. How could it? As it turns out, Trump's plan to de- decriminalize homosexuality is an old racist tactic. Of course. And that's just the title of the article on out.com. I mean, why shouldn't it be? Of course it is. I mean, that just makes perfect sense. But is it racist or is it anti-gay? I mean, how is aiming to stop having people killed for being gay a bad thing? I don't get it. Well, apparently this is Trump itching to sanction and, and eventually nuke Iran. I mean, sure. yeah, I mean, sure, a young man was openly hanged in Iran recently for being gay. And this could certainly be something that the sitting president should openly frown upon, uh, but not Trump. Never Trump, because he's homophobic or racist or, I mean, a rapist. Uh, I I don't know what he is now. I haven't gotten the latest NPC software update telling me what to think. My beeps aren't booping. <laughs> right, and, and when it comes to Iran and the war hawks like Bolton that Trump has around him, I'll never rule out that there may be some sort of positioning to start a new war, outright denouncing an an initiative that could possibly save the lives of people that you claim to want to protect seems a little mindlessly partisan. Am I wrong? Now, I'll just say this. I'm not completely dismissing the possibility of some ulterior motive either. I think politicians should always be met with skepticism, especially when they propose some grand humanitarian initiative. However... However, I agree with you that this latest outburst of, uh, let's just call it anti-Trump hysteria, seems entirely partisan. Now, to come out swinging on wanting to decriminalize homosexuality worldwide is the wrong hill to die on, in my opinion. And also, in my opinion, I don't think progressives have too many hills left, so they might want to choose smarter, you know, going forward. Right, and it's, it's, it's completely disingenuous. I mean, I'm supposed to believe all of a sudden that the left cares about war. I mean, wh- how long ago was it? Two months ago that Trump said he wanted to take all of the troops out of Syria and suddenly the left was a bunch of John McCain worshippers and thought that that should... I mean... Oh yeah, they came out of the woodworks. War war, good. You can't convince me that you're anti-war after getting frustrated and angry that the sitting president wants to take our troops out of a war that i mean why are we there because we don't like bashar al-assad i don't know <laughs> i mean there, there are plenty of lies to to repeat but i mean but it really the only because they hate our freedom yeah, that's true that's true i know i know there's a little pakistani boy out there sitting on his front porch and uh He's thinking about how much he hates my freedom. Yep. <laughs> He's pissed off that I'm sitting here watching Netflix <laughs> with my 23 brands of deodorant. But really, the, the only reason that this is remarkable, like remotely remarkable, is because it's not at all remarkable. This is what you can, this is what you can come to expect these days. <laughs> Trump could come out in favor of a full-on Scandinavian socialism. And every left-leaning person on the planet would find a way to call that racist. Of course, you would try and base our governmental system off of incredibly white countries. 
It scares me when you speak like them. It scares me when anyone speaks like them. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best not to. Um, But as you know, as two white guys, everything we have said so far can be completely disregarded. So uh, I thought we could diversify our podcast by having a uh, a minority Hmm. perspective. Hmm. That's a good idea. But um, do we know any black people? I mean, we know at least one. All right, well... Let's let's bring Thaddeus on and get his perspective <laughs> on the Democratic candidates in a segment we're going to call the Token Take. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, <laughs> Thaddeus, we're uh, we're gonna run some of these Democratic candidates past you. All right. You think of First up, we got Amy Klobuchar. Also a valid pronunciation. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just making this up as I go. Hell no, she ain't getting the D. Uh, how about? Uh, Kamala Harris. She gets the D. All right. What about uh, good old Elizabeth Warren there, buddy? Hell no, she ain't getting the D. Okay, so now I've got a good one for you. Tulsi Gabbard. She would definitely get the D. Balls deep. Ooh. (laughs) All right. Honorable mention to Marianne Williamson. She would definitely get the D. Hmm. And uh, I'm just going to add this one on for fun. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Not even with your D, man. Not even with your D. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think that'll do it for us today. Yeah, I think that's about all that I can stomach. Thank you all for joining us on this adventure into the madness that is our world. You can follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at This Is MLGA. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at This Is MLGA at gmail.com. Hit us up, subscribe, and rate us if you feel so inclined. We're happy to be here and we're happy you're with us. Try to stay sane. Try. Thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of Make Liberty Great Again. We hope to see you soon.